This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Well, all right, that's right. It is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast coming at you live. Uh, well, coming at Ian live and me live. To you guys, this shit's pre-recorded. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Dr. Fuck from, uh, Tesla, and with me is... Oh, yeah! Ian Wadley from Wang Chung. That's right. How Everybody. You doing, buddy? Oh, I'm Wang Chung tonight. Well, cool, dude. So, uh, what's going on there, Ian? All right, well, we have an iTunes review this week, but before we get into that, I, uh, I want to read something that, uh, just really touched me today and this is going to be a, a touchy-feely kind of show but uh you put a post up on the facebook page where you talked about how you know uh not a lot of your friends if any in real life yeah uh, i just did that today what people replied to that i haven't looked uh so, some amazing replies but uh you know to oh. let our audience know those who didn't see the post you put up a post saying how you know people that you know personally and you see, uh, you know, and have contact with, you know, aren't necessarily listeners of the podcast, well, listeners every, of your every radio Every single person I know in real life does not listen to my podcast, except for one. And that one person that I know in real life, you met. Nestor. Oh, Nestor, yes. I know him in real life, and he moved away, I don't know where the hell, and he started listening to us, and then on his way back to Florida, he, uh... He told he, he went visited Ian, and yeah. I just saw Nestor this past Friday. He he went to my show. So yeah, he's the only guy I know in real life. But now I know Brian Schaefer. That's his last name, right? Right. I, he came to my show the other night too, so I met him twice. So he's becoming somebody I know in real life. Yeah, but he I only met you once. So. He doesn't listen to my radio show, so fuck him. He doesn't <laughs> listen to mine either. I say he's all right. He, <laughs> and he, he, and let me tell you, I, I just like side note. He <laughs> came with a beautiful girl. Woo! She was hot. He won't be my friend for long if she, he keeps bringing her around. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, anyway, I want to read a response um, to your post. All right. And this is by somebody I, I, I fully got to admit. I, I've never seen this guy post on our Facebook page, but obviously he's on there. Uh, and his name is Lou. And Lou, I'm sorry, I'm going to fuck up your last name. Uh, Mavodorus? Mavodorus? But uh, sorry about that. But Lou, you know who you are. Uh, but he gave a, a response. And there's a lot of people. Mike Sears, uh, you know, uh, Jay Cruz, Stephen Travis, Adam Marshall. A lot of uh, Ken Mills, Andrew Jacobs, a lot of people gave great responses to your post, but this one I found extremely touching. And he says, and I quote, All right, to quote pro wrestlers, Ralph, I'm going to totally put you and Ian over right now. Throw in Bill Wang for good measure. On November 2nd, my brother passed away from a heart attack. He was older than me by 12 years. He was everything to me. Oh, he wow, man. He introduced me to music from Iron Maiden to Judas Priest to Weather Report to Rush. I picked up learning guitar and bass because of him. 
weather report with Jocko. Yes, Jocko Pistorius. Yeah. Uh, he says, I was in transition from one job to another at the time. The job made me miserable. Every day I questioned if I was going to make it out alive. For two months, I didn't know what to think. The greatest day was when they laid me off and I felt freedom. I'm much happier in my current job. But there was one thing that saved me from the brink of insanity. The Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So if anything, thank you, all in capitals, for being a trusted friend that I can download on my phone and listen to for laughs and great reviews on music that I love that I was originally introduced to by my brother. Thank you, Ralph, Ian, and Bill. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast forever. Wow, man. That's that's amazing. And uh, wow, what can I say? Rest in yeah. peace. Yes. Uh, his brother, man. Uh, and I'm glad. Dude, you see, man, that, that right there, you know. Um, what can I say? I mean, I, 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 I pretty much made a post for somebody like him because... The truth of the matter is, I was, you know, I was driving home today thinking about this because I'm not going to mention my buddy's name, even though he ain't listening to this. But I'm like, God, this guy is such a good friend of mine. He never listens to my pod. You know, I started talking about the podcast because of um, uh, Ron Keel came up. He was talking about some right. shit. And I go, hey, you know, we interviewed Ron Keel. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, if you listen to my podcast, he knows. Anyway, so... Then I thought, you know, and then I drove home and I'm sitting downstairs because the mailman arrived and I'm waiting for the mail chick to put in the mail because what is up with mailmen? That they, you can't go up to them and go, hey, I live in 505. Can I have my mail? They're like, no, you got to wait, you know? So I just sat there in my car waiting for her to put all the mail away. And I grabbed my phone. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to write a status about this on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. And look at that reply, man. That really hit home. That's... And that's exactly, you know, who I'm talking to. And and by the way, while you were reading that, I got on my phone and um, and I noticed Mike Sears left a real nice one. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I yes, mean, I did. just saw Love You, Brother. I'd like to read the rest. Right. It says, Love oh, You, oh, Brother, no. as I stated before, I discovered you in 2011. Been a huge fan ever since. I'm more than grateful that you thanked me on the EP, Combat EP, and Melting Your Skull. And not to mention the great shit you and Ian Wadley say about me on the show as well. You got a friend for life, rock and metal combat, life of forever. That's great. And um, I'm not sure. I got to do my little research, but I believe I started all this craziness in 2011, but I could be wrong. Uh, William Dial, I watch every YouTube you do. Jay Cruz, real life friends suck. <laughs> um, and real life family is even worse, Andrew Jacobs says. Uh, Steven says, very few friends of mine listen to my podcast, but I learned something from playing in bands and doing the podcast. I, I don't need my friends to listen. I need my fans to listen. Uh, Adam Marshall said, spare room at my joint if you ever in <laughs> South of, uh, Australia. Love you, fuck. Yeah, I would love to go, but I, 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 I'm afraid to be eaten by a dingo. Uh, Sanjay Dingo ain't my co-host Yeah <laughs> Sanjay says none of my real life friends like rock or metal So you and Ian are the leaders Of my net of rock and metal friends I'll take you guys Over me every day You know all you guys that are inviting us To get to your house uh, Andrew Jacob rock and metal combat has been My favorite podcast for over a year I love it and I love you Thank you Andrew Jacob I love to hear a guy that has a podcast 
say that we're his favorite podcast. <laughs> Ken Mills, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, this is as far as we can. We are recording this on Wednesday, so there'll probably be more um, replies. But truth of the matter is, dude, I, I, I never get to say this. And I know I do this little act on here where I'm not, I don't act grateful. I kind of hate you all. But the, the truth is that I love you all. And thank you all. And that, man, that, 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 that comment about that guy, his brother passed away. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and we've, we've had a lot of stories, you know, that we haven't read everything on air because a lot of them are personal. And, uh, you know, but, but that means everything that we do reach a lot of people. And Ralph, I'm the same way. I have, you know, my girls never listen to one fucking episode we've done. And uh, a lot of people I work with, you know, oh yeah, you got a podcast, whatever, what's up, po-? you know, but the, in reality, hundreds of people listen to us every day, thousands every no, day. And ev- eventually, all our episodes hit over a thousand. Yeah, and uh, you, you know, a funny thing is recently in the last, I would say, month and a half, uh, you know, you know, our ratings have con- kind of gone down, and I watch the numbers way more than Ralph, and sometimes I get upset about that, you know, and you know, I'll, I'll say something around. I was like, "Wow, that that last episode didn't do that great." And he's like, "Well, what is what is it now?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's it's like it's like it's 600 something." He's like, "Asshole, 600 people had listened to us babble for two hours, yeah, and, and, and loved it." You know, and, 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 and I've seen other podcasts and great podcasts, mind you, go in shit when they hit 100. You know right. I mean? So, so, so I you mean, know, you are becoming a little too ungrateful, Ian. And you need to come back to Earth and realize <laughs> that, dude, we make a hundred in a day, don't we? Or even more than that? Well, yeah, uh, uh, a bad day for us is 200. Look at that. Yeah. That's amazing. I know, but I, I got I got spoiled for a while while, while we were peeking. But, man, it, it's stuff like this. You know, when I read this, really humbles me and, and makes me think, you know, it's, it's like, you know, if we can reach one person this way, I, I'm fucking grateful for... And, uh, you know, I, I know we've done a lot of episodes recently that were, were lesser-known albums, but that's what we're about. You know, sometimes we take detours, like we do a Who album, or we do, you know, uh, police songs, you know, or we do all these weird things, because that's who me and Ralph are, and we need to do this for the longevity of the show. If we just did popular albums, we'd have a very short shelf life, and we want to do this forever. Terrence! You know? <laughs> hey, but let me let me tell you something. I speaking of this, this whole number thing. Um, I I, uh, I think I told you the story. I, I went to a show a couple weeks ago. It was a friend of mine, the hardest working band in South Florida, a band called Fathom. They had a CD release party, and I went. I I these are this is a band that comes to all my shows, supports me. I support them every time that every CD release party I've had. I invited them because they're hard work and they know how to promote. I go to the show and fucking nobody shows up. I mean, I think, well, no, no, let me, let me, I'm not exact. About 60 people. But that's really bad. And uh, Solstice was supposed to play, but one of the members in, so all the Thrasher die was there. So they asked, hey, would Thrasher die play? I said, fuck yeah. So I got on my phone and I plugged it as best I could. Yeah, we brought in maybe, I don't know, 10 people. But uh but you know 10 people short notice anyway we played about 60 people 
And the next day, you know, the, the singer of the band writes on her Facebook, you know, um, it's kind of sad how not a lot of people were at our show, but you know what? It doesn't matter. What matters is the people that were there. You know, I thank you so much for being there for us that numbers don't really matter. If you were there, that's why I say, I say that all the time to Ian, man. I said, dude, as long as we're happy with the show, it's a success. The oh, rest yeah. is just fucking, what is that saying? Uh, the rest is gravy. Yeah. And, 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 and you're right. Like, you know, when we do our episodes, and I'm proud of all our episodes. Not uh, me, man. Among the Living sucked. <laughs> see, but, see, I, but lately, people have been saying how much they love that episode. I'm like, dirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, I'm that way with the fucking uh, the Fear of the Dark one. I don't think it's that great, man. And that's oh, I a, love that, that one. That, that's, that's a fan favorite, so I that just shows blah, you. blah, blah, is the greatest moment ever. See, and, and I think like, oh, I went on way too long with that, but people no. love it. I, but, blah, uh, blah, blah, crying on the Queensryche and Brandon from the worst my uh, <laughs> songs are my top three moments on the rock and metal. Oh man, I tell you what, there's an episode that won't go away. Uh, is is the Motley Crue one, and that just proves to you people love hate. I looked the other day, and usually our bread and butter is the Kiss episodes. Anything Kiss related, you know, it's it's almost like uh, like the Judas Priest Turbo fans. These there's people that just come out of the woodwork. For kiss episodes if every episode did like a kiss episode we'd be the biggest podcast in the world but you know there's a certain amount that only turn out but then there's the true motherfuckers that are here every week and i love when i see those ones like man i listen to your shit even if i hate the album or hate the band because you guys entertain me and i would rather have fucking 10 of those than a thousand people who just show up to hear what we think about kiss you know, and, and and sometimes I just need to remember that. But, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, keep crying your cornflakes. I don't even look at numbers. <laughs> I really don't even look at numbers at all. Like, what was the last show we did with Wang, right? Dynasty. Yeah. That and, was a success to me, man. That show rules. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, but uh, I went on fucking uh, iTunes, and during, like, the new episode is, bam, right on top. Uh, there's like uh, two other episodes that are beating it and the other day I went on iTunes and there was like uh, the Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusions 1 was doing better than Dynasty I was like whoa what and, the and fuck and Use Your Illusion 2 was a better episode oh oh, I, I know but Illu Illusion 1 ha has I would say probably maybe three or four hundred more than two but you're absolutely right two what even though one's the better album, in our opinion, two's two is a way better show. Two, two was a better episode. Two, two is one of the greatest shows ever that we ever did. Oh yeah, I would, that's one of my favorites, man. If I was to, we should do that one day. We should compile what are our favorite episodes are. Oh man, that'd be hard. Hard part, to pick. Part two, illusion. Part two is definitely like around my top three for sure. And, and I'll, I'll tell you another one that, man, when I listened, to, I was crying at work was the Motley Crue episode. And so many people, and I love it when people who love Motley Crue, like they don't share our opinion at all as far as what we picked, but so many Motley Crue fans say, you know what, I, I wanted to strangle you, but at the same time, I could not stop laughing. And that's why I encourage people, if you love the show, 
don't skip an episode just because you might not like that album or or band because man Motley Crue was a perfect example of hey a lot of people love it and we trashed the shit out of Motley Crue but that was such a funny fucking episode and how ironic Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses episodes both featured guests that'll never be on this show again <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what we that's why we always got to make new fans so we can have new people on there. <laughs> exactly. And I, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. That is one thing that I am very proud of. And, uh, you know, we're going to record, you know, record this Wednesday. Uh, this week we're going to do two episodes, one with a reoccurring guest and one with a brand new guest. But there is no other podcast that I've ever heard that has made the listeners part of the show like we have. All right, well, let me get into an iTunes review because we do have a new one. Uh, and this one is another five-star review. All right. And this is from Kloss's Cousin, and it's entitled for fans of classic hard rock and metal. Figures. It's another person I don't know in real life. Go ahead. And Kloss's Cousin says, and I quote, I discovered these guys on YouTube some ways back when they reviewed Kiss Music from the Elder. And I really enjoyed the commentary, humor, and deep discussion of classic hard rock and metal albums. It's entertaining for sure. A show created by fans for the fans. If you like listening to Eddie Trunk or the classic metal show, this is a must hear. All right. Nice. I liked it. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Thank you, Claus's cousin. Yes. All right. And that is our iTunes review. All right. And, uh... All right. Well, first story. There is a uh, a brand new Black Sabbath book coming out. It's called The Complete History of Black Sabbath, What Evil Lurks. And uh, this is coming out in October. And I know, Ralph, you and I both have the same amazing Black Sabbath book, uh, Doom Let Loose. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'd like to see that this book top that one. Yeah, because that one is amazing. That one is by Martin Popoff, uh, who... It's written so many great metal books. I mean, he's written books on, oh my God, Sabbath, Blue Oyster Cult, Rush. I, I mean, he does ones where he reviews all metal albums. I mean, and this guy... And Combat, The Untold Story. Exactly. And he's Canadian. So, he, like, he does it with a handicap. Yeah, but anyway, this book is written by... Uh, and I've heard this guy's name before. Jake uh, Wadley. Yeah, no, 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 I can't spell. Uh, Joel McIver, and I know he's he's written some other books. I that guy can turn on a car with a fucking, with a safety pin. Oh, no, that's MacGyver. Oh, wrong guy. This, this is MacGyver. Oh. But uh, this book is supposed to be a complete history. Covers not only the Ozzy years and Dio years, but also the, the myriad of lineup changes after Dio's departure and, and you know, through the, uh, you know, the reunion. And, uh, you know, hey, anything on Sabbath, dude, I'm going to pick this up, you yeah. know. Uh, but like you said, it's got, you know, to beat Doom Let Loose, you know, that, that that's going to be a hard one to top because that is probably the best. And I've, I've got like three or four Sabbath books. Doom Let Loose was by far the best. All right. Well, the next guy who needs to shut up and, well, he just needs to stop doing whatever whatever he's doing is Bobby Blotzer. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I've been keeping up with this shit. Did you just see today it was just announced that Robbie Crane has quit? Uh, what? 
Yeah, Robbie Crane. Yeah, I, I heard like the the guitar player got kicked out yesterday. Well, well, uh, well. Here, here's where it gets a little sketchy. And I tried reading this link on I, I saw on Facebook, and uh, but I couldn't. When I clicked on it, you couldn't read it legibly, but it looked like Blots are like threatened to kill this guy, and the guy ends up quitting, and it was like over not getting paid, and now Robbie Crane just announced today he's quitting. So this just looks like a real sinking ship. But I, I will say this. All the clips I saw of this sounded amazing. Yeah, yeah. But but let me go back to one thing. Did you hear the interview he did, though, where he was complaining about the band? Uh, well, I've seen... I, I, I didn't hear the interview, but I read comments where he said, yeah. like, these guys need to straighten up. He's like, I do all the hard work. All they have to do is show up. And yeah, they, they don't know how to hang on the pirate ship. And You're right. There's a lot of sailors that would give their leg to get on this exactly. ship. Exactly. I'm like, really? I don't right. think so, dude. Seriously, I mean, to be, it ain't really prestigious to be like known as a scab in, in a scab rap band. And, and mind you, uh, like Michael Sweet said, and I don't agree with Michael Sweet with this, but he did say, dude, I used to see my rap back in the day before Bobby Blotzer. And then he ended up saying, and he's not even an original member. There I disagree. To me, an original member is on the debut album. If I don't care who the fuck was in the band before the debut album, an original member is on the debut album. Because if that's not the case, hey, what's the guy's name that played guitar in Aerosmith before Joe Perry and Brad Whitford? Nobody uh, knows, but there C was a guitar player. C.C. DeVille. No, it wasn't C.C. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. Damn Wikipedia. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so so the Blotzer shit really seems to be falling apart. And what's got a lot of people excited is there was a birthday party for Lon Friend uh, in L.A. And a lot, you old school people who used to watch uh, Headbangers Ball... Lon Friend was a music jur journalist. He wrote for Rip Magazine. And he used to have this thing on Headbangers Ball where he'd give his picks of the week and everything. Well, they had a birthday party for him. And lo and behold, who was there but Stephen Piercy, Juan Cruchier, Warren Martini, Carlos Cavazzo, and Greg D'Angelo, who used to play, well, some of you might know he was the first drummer in Anthrax. And then he joined White Lion is where he got famous. But he's been Stephen Piercy's solo band drummer for a long time now. And they all took a picture together. And it looks like, you know, there's all kinds of hitting that they're going to go out as rats. That would rats. be glorious, man. I, I, I think it, it would be really good, you know. Yeah. And I got to admit, you know, I've seen Stephen Piercy sound great. I've seen him sound like shit. Uh, the last couple clips I've seen... He sounded better than I've seen him in a long time. But to me, I mean, really, you got to have Steven. You got to have Warren. And, and fucking Juan really helps out. And then, and then you got Carlos Cavazzo, because here's something that really blew my mind. Uh, Best of Me, Off Infestation. I What an amazing track. And to me, it's like, here's an 80s band playing a song where they're not trying to sound trendy like Motley Crue. Where it's like, oh, we're going to do alternative and shit. No. That was Rat sounding like Rat. But it was actually Carlos Cavazzo who wrote that song and not Warren Martini. But when you hear it, it's got Warren all over it. But the, the songwriter 
the main songwriter was Carlos. So I think these guys could not only pull it off live, but could do another great rat album. And it, it's unfortunate. I would love to have Bobby there. But Fuck man, Bobby, man. He's so replaceable. He's such a hack. I'm sorry. You're, you're right. But I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for original members. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, let, let's face you it. You ain't getting no original members with a rat union. It's just impossible. So right. why Bobby should be there? Fuck it. Without yeah. Crosby, there ain't no original rat, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying, like, if there is a replacement. All right, if you had a pick. Okay, what, Rat can get back together without Crosby, but you have to eliminate one of them. Who would it be? Oh, oh Blotzer. Of course. It's just like Van Halen. If you had to lose one member, who would it be? Michael Anthony. Yeah. You know, as much as I love Michael oh, there. Yeah, a lot of people out there yelling, but those people are idiots. You don't understand the greatness of Alex Van Halen, you fucking nerd. Thanks. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I wish Mike was there, but if you have to lose one, it sure as fuck ain't David Lee Roth, you fucking idiots. You know? But anyway, let's not get on that tyrant again. Let's go to the next one. Uh, here's some great news. Some super positive news. Tony Iommi has announced his cancer is in remission. I love that. That's glorious right there. Oh, my I, I God. I was so happy to hear that. Oh, hell yeah, man. The, the godfather of metal. The man who, without him... I, I, I mean, and I respect and love all four of the original members of, of Black Sabbath. But if you ain't got Tony Iommi, you don't have heavy metal, you know. Uh, and, and to hear that he's in remission, and and I hope, you know, there's been rumors of, of new recorded projects. They're still saying it's the end of Sabbath, but he's not ruling out, you know, he, he talked about possibly working with Tony Martin again. Uh, you know, Glenn Hughes has expressed interest in working with him again. And, uh, man, I just Bobby want Blotzer. To, yeah, yeah. Well, Bobby Blotzer's, uh, I, after all this shit he's touring, it's called Bobby Blotzer's Black Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's going out there with uh, Dave the Beast Spitz. Yeah, he's actually uh, called Blotz Sabbath. That's the name. Yeah, Blotz Sabbath. <laughs> all right, well, Dokken has come out and announced that there will be one U.S. show. And, yeah, and some bumfuck town where it goes. South Dakota. South Dakota, man. No offense to everybody in South Dakota, but goddamn. You live in South Dakota. Let's get real. Uh, and, and I'm envious of you because I will not get to see this show, and you will. All seven. Uh, I think, dude, money talks. They might do. They, oh. might, they might reunite here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think it'll happen because, you know, if you get the original lineup of Dopkin together, there are ten of people that would pay good money to see that and i am one of them i think you know i mean it, it'll it'll spark interest for at least one tour to do one tour in the u.s and then yeah then it'll be back to you know nobody caring right and, and basically what'll be it'll, it'll go back to don doc and making all the money yeah you know and and that's what it is when it's original doc and he's got to break off a little bit more of a pie and, and, and it is a business you know and, and you, you know let's be honest about it when he tours with scab members, he gets almost everything. When, when, when it's, uh, you know, when it's the original, he makes less. But you know, in this case, he makes more. Because they're getting paid a lot of fucking money. Oh, yeah. the so Jap he's, he's making more than if he went went out, uh, you know, with his scab. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Which, and, by uh, the way, that guitar player, and I know this ain't going to go over well. But I think that guitar player is just as good as George Lynch. That yeah, guy that, he's got. 
Yeah, that don't go over. John my... Levine, is that his name? Hey, I, I saw him with that dude. That I saw... dude is fucking badass, dude. He, he, he is, I'll give you this. He is a competent musician. Right. You know? All right, next story. Uh, the Bob Train. Your favorite guy, Bob Daisley, is at it again. He said he had his attorneys or whatever do an audit, and he's seeing that like there's some royalties that he's due that he wasn't given, and this is specifically concerning the song Crazy Train. So, so here we go again, and and there was like a misleading headline on on Blabbermouth where it said Ozzy responds. Well, it wasn't Ozzy; it was Ozzy's camp. Because, I mean, all you got to do is read this motherfucker and you know it ain't Ozzy because they're using big words and all this shit. Uh, but they're basically denying this. That They bring up the past lawsuits that, that Bob has made that were thrown out of court. But, uh, you know. Yeah, but, you know, something that was interesting when I heard that, you know, when, when the Ozzy's camp spoke, I wasn't aware he was being paid uh, by Blizzard Music all these times. All this time, I thought Bob was being totally ripped off and totally not paid at all. Oh, but, no. But he, turns he, out the guy's been making a good chunk of money every year. Oh, well, even, even I knew that he was getting money. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought no. he got totally screwed. No, 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 no. He was, he was getting... Well, and, he's and very he, misleading. Well, here's the thing. Like, those past lawsuits, if you look at it, uh, the majority of those past lawsuits had to do with live revenue. Uh, not not the publishing because uh, so hey there you go hey but, but you know you know here's my point uh, for Ozzy's camp to come out and say that you know if uh, if none of that shit was true Bob Bob has more to to stand on in court and sue the fuck out of him for putting out a press release like that but that press release kind of like in my eyes shines a bad light on Bob and I know a lot of people out there know me as the Bob Daisley hater. No, the fact of the matter is, Bob Daisley did write on those albums. Maybe he wrote as many lyrics as he said. I don't know. I know that guy's full of shit, too, saying that E.T. thing. If you, I don't even want to repeat that, but he, he, I caught him in a lie. Anyway, but here's my point. My point is, that guy does deserve to be paid for all the work he's done from Blizzard all the way up to No More Tears. I agree, the man needs to be paid what he's deserve but at the same time the guy's a liar and he might be stretching the truth and he keeps losing over and over and well, over again and every he's never won one lawsuit has he uh no, well there, there's been two that really went the distance one one in the uk and one here he did lose both of those and and this is what what i'll say and it's kind of kind of your view i believe he should be compensated but what I think he's guilty of, and that's unfortunate, is I think this guy signed bad contracts. All right. All right. Wow. All right. Here's another story, and I would love to get your take on this, Ralph. Uh, recently, was it at, uh, oh, God, I'm having a brain fart here. I think it was uh, Vakken that just happened. Um uh, Dio was back from the grave in the form of a hologram. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and this is a trend that's been going on for the past couple of years. They did one with uh, with Tupac at Coachella, and I believe there was another one at Coachella where they brought up a uh, 
you, you know, a musician who's passed away. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence on this. It's kind of neat. Uh, you know, I, I watched the footage, and some of it looked good, and some of it looked really hokey. But I've got a bad feeling this might be where concerts are at in the next 20 years. I think we might be paying to go see fucking holograms. Um, yeah. I'd rather do that than fucking watch Bobby Blotson's rat. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you got a point, but uh, but yeah, in a way, it, it, it just made me sad is that music has dried up so much we're reduced to looking at holograms of people who passed away. Uh, because there's nothing new coming out that moves us the same way. Uh, Watch Bobby Blotzer get like a, 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 a Crosby hologram now. The tour <laughs> with the fake rat. <laughs> oh, now we God. got two original members. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. And you can imagine the budget. So it'd probably be like a bad strobe light yeah. and like a cardboard cutout of Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody behind it moving it. Yeah, exactly. uh, so yeah, it was it was bittersweet, you know, watching the footage. It's like, uh, you know, obviously it's the piped-in vocals of, of the great Ronnie James Dio. But it's cool because because the hologram was was doing the audience participation thing. Oh oh yeah, like, come on, let me hear you. We rock. That's just badass. I thought yeah, it was no, so but, cool. But I think a lot of bands now might be like, hey, look, Motley Crue's been doing this for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, with the piped-in shit. Uh, you know, and it was to me it was great in an honor of Ronnie, uh, which I truly believe it, it was. It was piped in, but it was still live. It's it's pipe. It's it's audio of a live recording piped in. So the Molly Cruz shit, studio shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. I know. But you know me. I can't re, you know resist a dig at Motley Crue. Uh, you know, it, until Rat gets bigger than Motley Crue, I'm always going to be bitter, which means for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, well, Rat never did a shot of the devil, so too bad. Hey, 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 out of the cellar, man. Uh, not, not as good as shot of the devil. Yeah, we hey, hey, don't argue with science. <laughs> that ain't science, that's opinion. <laughs> All right, well, next story uh, from doom metal legend and my old drinking buddy, Dave Chandler and St. Vitus are putting out live volume two. That's coming out in September, and... Uh, Man, this is taking kind of a browbeating on the internet because this is a totally untouched live album. Which I know in the past, Ralph, you you, you said you've been against. I don't like untouched live albums, but boy, lately I've really been listening to Live at Last a lot. Black Sabbath, what yeah. a great live album that is, and that's untouched. Yeah, and and some you know there's exceptions. Yeah, and, and I think there's something you know. Uh, you know, people know St. Vitus, know Dave Chandler and the rest of the band. They're very much rooted, uh, even though it's doom metal, they're rooted in a, in a punk rock ethos, uh, you know, where they just want to keep it pure. And, uh, you know, let's be realistic. You don't have to spend a lot of money if you don't touch it up. But, you know, I've been to shows, you know, and I've been to St. Vitus shows here in New Orleans where, you know, not every note is hit, but you just have that feeling from the show. Uh, you know, so I think this will there will be division among some fans. You know, St. Vitus fans, uh, whether you think they're on top of their game or you would rather have it touched up, but I think it suits a band like St. Vitus to do something like this. Did you know that Don Dockin once produced them? 
St. Vitus? Yep. I got to talk. Dave never talked to me about that. Yeah, I, I, I recently got a documentary, very cool documentary called Metal Rock. Uh, I'll have to dig it up. Maybe I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong. And there's interviews with, you know, Dokken and all these people. And Dokken went into this whole detail of producing St. Vitus. And uh, it was a, it's a pretty funny oh. story. Like, you know, this band was so doomy. They, you know, and I tell them, hey, you guys got to do like an up-tempo song. And then the next day <laughs> they, they came in, they go, we got an up-tempo song. And it was like, brum, brum, brum. It was like a little bit faster than everything else. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, well, you know, I used to hang out with Dave every Saturday. It's funny. He would tell me about it. He goes, you know, I got to get into Van Halen. He's like, I know so many people who love David Lee Roth. And they're like, you guys would get along. He goes, but I was never into that happy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I'll never forget one time I, I walked in the bar and I'm wearing a, a police shirt. And he's like, a fucking police. He's like, look at you with your fucking police shirt. He's like. I'm just kidding. I love the police. <laughs> He's like, yeah. but I hate I hate Sabbath with fucking Dio. <laughs> he does. He hates Sabbath with Dio, and he hates fucking technical and never say die. Wow. To him, to him, Sabbath ended with fucking sabotage. Wow. And uh, but but Dave, I man, I hope to get you on the show sometime, and and we need to get drunk again soon. Dave Chandler and all of Saint Vitus. Yeah, all, we can review uh, Fair Warning. Man. <laughs> they're they're all stellar dudes and, and I wish you best of luck on your new live album. Alright. Alright. Uh now here's an album I'm excited about. I'm really excited about because so far, like for my top albums of the year, only one of them's a metal record, and that's sad. But so far, like my top albums of the year would, would be the, the new Megadeth. But here's one that that I have high hopes for is the new suicidal. Oh yeah! Oh my God! The two songs I heard are amazing. Oh, you heard two? I only heard one. Ozzy, clap like Ozzy. Yes, I heard that one. And the first one, there was one that was released like a, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I must have missed that one. It's 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 fucking really really fast. I I, I love the clap like Ozzy. I, you know, at first I saw the title, I was like really, but then I listened to it, I was like hell yeah! Clap like Ozzy. You, you, you know, but then, then you listen to, you know, the, the lyrics and then, you know, there's part where it's like, don't let but nobody tell you you can't do stuff. You know, and it's like, uh, get, here comes Suicidal with the positive lyrics. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and and the drumming, what I loved is it, it's Dave Lombardo, but it's it's not Dave Lombardo doing Slayer. It's Dave Lombardo doing Suicidal. Right. You know, it's great drumming, but it's like he didn't try to make it all about him. He, he made it about Suicidal. And it sounds incredible. The bass sounds great. The guitars sound great. To me, this is like the closest thing I've heard to like suicidal sound since Lights, Camera. All right. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of vegetables on this show for co-host. It's about time we have a fruit. <laughs> and that fruit is the great co-host from Ironcast, Greg Barnes. Why don't we talk about some queens? And I gotta tell you, man, I really like this guy as a guest. I think he was great, a great sport, funny, and uh, knew how to hang. And uh, he, oh, was, yeah. he was a pleasure. He, he, was oh. a, he was a pleasure to have on the show. So, hey, all right, let's get into it. Here we go. Yeah, let's just start this review already. And uh, 
Do me the honors, man. Oh, my God. Uh, do we have a guest this week? You know, we've had a lot of closet queens on this show. You know, we've had, we've had Bill Wang and, and Mr. T and uh, Michael H. Howard. But, you know, now we got someone that is... Wait, wait, fully... forgot, wait, wait. You forgot to mention Justin. Oh, wait, no, no. He came out of the closet. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now we got somebody who is fully out. And, you know, he's a San Francisco twink, but he's a Kalamazoo butch. He's never heard Man of War, but he's jerked off to their covers. I'm talking about Greg Barnes from Ironcast. All right, Greg. Oh, God. Hello, everybody. What a soft clap for a limp wrist. We're happy to have you here, brother. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for finally allowing me the opportunity to come on the show here, both literally and figuratively, and have some fun with y'all, because yeah. I cannot wait to talk about some music with you two. You know what I noticed? Like, your picture on Facebook is you holding a cat. Shouldn't you be holding a cock? <laughs> I mean, a rooster? Uh, well, <laughs> this uh, week, what, what more appropriate... Uh, album to review with a queen than queen uh innuendo their last studio album and yes i'm gonna say it several times to the through the show and i know a lot of people like it but no made in heaven is not the last queen album innuendo is thank you all right so uh <laughs> yeah innuendo when was it released 1990 91 91 and that and and uh freddie died like not too long after this album was released correct yeah, when he read yeah. The, when he read the reviews. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, uh, I I do enjoy half this album. I think it's like exactly half and half. I enjoy it, and then the other half, it's like I really hate. I don't even like kind of like it. I really hate. So half of it I love, half of it I hate, which is strange, you know. Uh, ha half and half. Uh, Greg will do that for twenty dollars. Oh, it oh, jumped man. up to 33 if you want the gold standard. Oh, God. What, what's the gold standard? Do you use somebody else's hand? Yeah, good guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, well, you know, Ralph, we've already spoke about how we first came into Queen on, on our original Queen episode. We did the game. Uh, and, Greg, since you're our guest... Why don't you give us a little backstory? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Queen your favorite or your second favorite artist? Band slash. Uh, um, they are my favorite band. Okay, they're your favorite. So why don't you tell our listeners, uh, you know, how you first came into Queen and, and what they mean to you and how you first discovered this album? Because you are quite a bit younger. How old were you when this album was released, Greg? Oh, I was I was a year and a half. Okay. Actually, excuse me. I was I was I was. Excuse me. Um, that's when Freddie died. But I wasn't even a year old. I was eleven months when this album uh, got released. Oh, okay. So so Freddie's your dad, and when that came out on Maury, he died, right? Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All right. <laughs> Give us your background on Queen. Uh well, I first. If you want to go way 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 back the. The first time no, 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 I no, no, really no, give us some cliff notes. This, this is a three-hour show. Yeah, exactly, man. Come on, <laughs> make it snappy, man. You got, you, you got it. Uh, I first I first heard Queen in uh, 2005. I was I was a sophomore in high school. 
I was in the history of rock and roll class, one of my favorite classes. And what? they played. Yes. They yes. Have they, a they history have... of rock and roll class. Well, yeah, he, he's yes. he's gay. Yes. He went to that fame school where they just dance around all day. I'm good. Yeah, they got high marks. Um, yeah. I got high marks in that class. I, and and uh, marks on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> and buy it. Uh, but I, I got into Queen in 2005. I heard six songs from from the uh, from that class. And oh, wait, 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 Greg. I, oh, my God, that was awesome, man. And Richard Marks on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> I had to repeat that one because I think we talked over Ian there. Oh, I had high marks and Richard Marks on cassette. <laughs> that was an awesome one, man. That shit's awesome. You know, that, that shit means you're gay as fuck, right? <laughs> Good one. Uh, Good you. one, dude. That's great, dude. I love you, man. You're one funny motherfucker. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, some shit, some of this shit will rub off on Greg. It <laughs> <Get> doubt. <laughs> uh, I have the album. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I heard. Are you, is he, are you still going on? <laughs> <Get> out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You went to school. You discovered. Queen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hate you, Whoopi Goldberg, and what else? Yeah, get to the part where you tell your mom you're, you're a Queen fan and she cried. Yeah. <laughs> That's that actually not too long after. So, so, I heard, so I heard some songs in the classroom, loved it, you know, decided to do a little bit of research, and then, you know, discovered the band, and I asked my parents to get me a Queen album for Christmas. Cause it was coming up, and they got and the first, you know, album that I got that was related to Queen was the Platinum Collection. It was three disc. Uh, disc one was most of the the earlier stuff. Disc two was most of the '80s stuff and '90s. And then disc three had a lot of bonus stuff like outtakes, uh, remixes of, of tracks, alternative versions. That was my very first album. Hey, to hey, Queen. Uh, Greg. Speed it up. Some of our listeners only have 40 years left to live. Exactly. Greg, I, I want I want like the, a more important thing about your life. When you were an infant, I know most infants were breastfed. I understand you got your milk, but not from breast. <laughs> well, it started off fairly normal like that, but then... You know, <laughs> and then your dad's like, this is very wrong. This is very wrong. That's not even milk. <laughs> well, my dad wanted to try out something new because it thought it would make me better as a whole as I grew older. So he wanted to try something new. What does that say about your mother? This is terrible. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just telling you that you know I may be a little, you know, off balance, a little bit, you know, mentally ill. Oh here. wow, what a homophobe! <laughs> uh, uh, you're dealing with somebody here that is very, oh. Uh, very off the wall, and I and I and I and you know, I love everything. So this this you know, so I got into so I got into Queen with the Platinum Collection. Then slowly slowly but surely, year by year, gathered up the studio albums, the live albums. Then I started a YouTube page on the live stuff. It's up there, and I got a Facebook group dedicated to Queen. I'm on some forums, so 
That's pretty much it summed up in about 30 seconds. Wow, I, I quit listening to Queen 20 years before you ever heard him. <laughs> I, I quit listening to Greg about two minutes ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, well, Greg, Greg uh, to, to close this, uh, when did you first hear Innuendo? I first heard Innuendo, I want to say about mm, 2000. 2007, 8, um, because I, uh, because I, I was going through songs and I hey, came Greg, across. Greg, hold on, Greg, hold on. Tell me, does this sound like a mating call to you? <laughs> it does. And, um, yeah, it makes him want to duck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, fuck you. But, <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I first heard Innuendo eight years ago, and got bought it at Best Buy, and, ha, and had you know had the album since. And all right, uh, so now it's time for pick of the week. Yeah, <laughs> pick of the week, and I pick. Uh, 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 all right, keep it going. Uh, all right. No, 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 no. That, that was a great story, really. Oh shit! Uh, all right, Ralph, uh, wake up our listeners. Tell us about when you heard Innuendo. Uh, I saw, you know what? And I could be wrong, but I, I'm almost positive. I saw Innuendo video on, uh, what was the name of that show on MTV that only showed fucking alternative shit? Uh, 120 Minutes. I think I saw it on that. I could be wrong. Wow. Was, wow. The video for that song. And I was blown away by it. Now, you got to remember at this time, you know, Queen never had their catalog on CD. Till, oh yes, till yes. Like 1990 was Hollywood yeah. Records. Yes. Release all their shots. So I was buying them all up at that time. I stopped like at uh, from um, the game because I really didn't care for anything from Hot Space all the way up to the Miracle, uh, which I did end up buying the Miracle because I liked I wanted all and Innuendo. So I, I bought. I don't remember which one I bought first. I think it might have been Innuendo. And uh, because of the title track alone, and I'll talk about the title track when we get into it. Uh, when I first bought, uh, b- bought it and put it on, I was pleasantly surprised and also mortified at the same time. Uh, it was a little bit of both. It was like, uh, I guess like heaven and hell, you would say. It's like half good, half really, really bad. And um, yeah, so that that was my first, that's how I discovered Innuendo. Yes. I did own this album before Freddie Mercury passed away, and uh, it didn't really do much. But then when he died, you know, just like how Prince is on top of the charts now, I was very much into a Queen kick because when they finally, because you know, I've been, I've always loved and I've always had on vinyl, Sheer Heart Attack, uh, Night at the Opera, and my favorite uh, New World. Uh, what is it? Um, God. Uh, news, of, news, news of the world. world. News of the world yeah. is my favorite, but I've always owned. Oh, and Queen Two. Those are the four albums I've always owned. And then when the CDs came out, I bought, I bought them all, all the way up to uh, the game. And yeah, and then I discovered a lot of killer, like you know, the first album, Great King Rat, shit like that. You know, what I mean, I was really much getting into and jazz too. Jazz, actually, jazz. I had as a little kid on a track. So I was aware of jazz, oh. and and also uh, the live album. I used to, I had uh, Queen. There's a funny story. I gotta bring this up. I, I had Queen Live Killers on vinyl, 
And one day I almost burned my house down and my dad broke that record because he was so pissed at me because I, I almost burned <laughs> the house down. And I never had that album ever since till uh, they released it on CD. And to this day, I do not have it on vinyl. So Greg Barnes, you know what I want for Christmas now. You, you want live killers vinyl. Yeah. Get it done. All right. Well, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, though I, I, although I must congratulate uh, your dad for uh, you know, breaking the vinyl because that live album. Pfft. Oh, you're nuts! That's a great. Not, not a, No, no, no! It's not that good. Really? Wow. Okay. I really. No, no. I will. I will explain late later. But you know, oh, we got more uh, important do, stuff. Do you here. have to? Well, uh, okay, I'll I'll make it real quick. I'll, I'll be I'll be fair here. Right. The reason I don't think it's that good is because they picked the wrong tour to do to do this. They picked the wrong part of the was tour. That, that was jazz, a, right? It was a jazz tour. Yeah, yeah, they did. They they recorded about twenty shows on the Live Killers leg of the jazz tour, January through March, you know, Brussels through Paris, and it's like. What I don't understand is how you can make such a crappy live album. Oh fuck you! When you have so much better shows to pick from. That that that's one I of mean, my favorite Queen albums. I love Live Killers. Oh, this guy, this guy's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You're, no, a dis- because, you're a disgrace hey, to homos. I, I may be a disgrace to homos, but you know, I, this homo here collects the live stuff. And this homo here listens to live stuff to the point where I can where I can tell you that there are better shows than what's featured on Live Killers from yeah. the same tour. All right, well, like a true homo, you have taste for shit. Um, hey, well, you know it tastes good. <laughs> well, what one man's trash? Um, That's right. I, I happen to love that album. It is my second favorite Queen album, and. Um, you know, I first got into Queen, of course, you know, when I was real young. Uh, you know, Another One Bites the Dust. You know, I was in first grade when that shit came out. And, um, you know, I had the 45 for Flash. I love that shit. Uh, and then, I, you know, of course, Radio Gaga what was really a big hit. The album didn't do so well over here. They didn't tour, but I, I love the song. Never bought the album. Really didn't buy any Queen until The Miracle. Because when I Want It All came out, I was like, holy fuck. What a great song. I bought the album like, wow, what a shitty album with a great song on it. Uh, I didn't rush out and get Innuendo because I thought the magic was so, I mean, the miracle was so shitty. But not probably even a month after it was released, uh, there was a store I went to that sold used discs. And every once in a while, you would get something that was brand new. I mean, something somebody bought like, ooh, this sucks. And I saw it there real cheap, and I was like, ah, let me take a chance on this. And it sucked, you know, in, in my opinion. But uh, but I liked Queen a lot more back then. As the years go on, uh, I have great respect for Queen and, and Freddie Mercury. I mean, the whole band. Brian May is an incredible guitar player. I love John Deacon. I love Roger Taylor. But there's just something, I don't know. It's like, and I love you know, gay music. I love disco. I fucking love disco. I, I love 80s pop, and a lot of that is gay. But there's something about Queen that is even too gay for me. And I think it's like, you know, sometimes it gets too Broadway or, you know, opera and shit like that. And that's like, you know, 
too gay for me. And, uh, Greg, since you are our guest, uh, you know, we're going to let you start off with the title track, Innuendo. All right. Title track, Innuendo. All right. Thanks, uh, Greg. That was great. Thank you. All right. All right, Ian. Now move on. All right. Sum it up, Greg. Here we go. What do you think? Okay. Innuendo. I really love this song. D- to me, uh, Innuendo was kind of like, sort of like a return to the 70s sound. They were... They were kind of going back to more of the kind of like the progressive sound, trying out new ideas, a little bit more quirky sounding, less pop. And Innuendo, the title track perfectly sums it up. It has it's multi-part, different key signatures, different tempos. It has that 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 awesome uh, uh, guitar part in the middle with Steve Howe playing on it. Love the vocals by Freddie. The, the whole song has this like epic feel to it. It kind of reminds me a little bit of kind of like a blend of like Bohemian Rhapsody and Cashmere, like kind of in a blender and then, you know, put the, well, the, the 90s Queen touch on it. I, I really love the song. I, you know, I don't get tired of it. And it's one of the songs on the al- album for me that has held up. Did, did, yeah, you say the 90s, did you say the 90s? Did you say the 90s Queen touch? You know what that is? It's death. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. Yeah the, the, yeah, the death touch. But um, but yeah, I really love Innuendo, and I, I never get tired of it. And it's a very interesting and complex song. How about you, Ian? Um, well, to me, it starts out so epic, like the beginning of this, you know, because um, you know, I I listened to it once when I bought it, you know, used. And uh, immediately, you know, got rid of it myself. Uh, and, and listened to it again. Oh, man, as soon as it starts, I was like, all right, this is good. I'm like, I like this shit. Damn, how, why didn't I like this CD? And then, all of a sudden, it turns into a gay bullfight. You know, you start hearing the, <laughs> the flamenco guitars, and I, I just picture, you know, like, like a matador going up to a bull and slapping him. Uh, you know, and, and then it goes into like almost like a, a, a Disney song, you know, like with the opera shit, you know, it sounds like something off of, you know, Frozen on Ice. And I was like, what the fuck? See, this is where you lose me, Queen, with this fucking gay shit, you know? And and I don't mean that like in a homophobic sense, but it's just like, ah, it's too, it's too Broadway. Get back to the rock. Uh, and, and the song does. I, I mean, at the end, but it's just man, the the, the gay bullfight and the, and the fucking Disney shit. I'm like, ah! But then it goes back into the into the good chug, you know? I'm like, yeah, okay, there you go. But man, that middle section keeps this from being my favorite song on the record. Uh, I I do like it. I do appreciate it. Um, Roger Taylor had a lot to do with the writing of this, and he said this was like his homage to uh, to Cashmere. And I can kind of see that. I can kind of feel it because it has that epic kind of like groove and strut to it. But that that middle section kills it for me. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, well, I, I I disagree with you on the parts you don't like because every single section of this song, I fucking love. I love. I think this song is very epic, and uh, it makes sense that they had Robert Plant do this at the Freddie Murphy tribute because it is very cashmere-ish. And I think that's what they were shooting for, but then they went 
you know, that when it went into that flamenco section, Olay. I, I loved it. I loved that. I love, you know what? I love flamenco players too, because there's this guy in South Beach that does it for free, and, I, and I'm mesmerized by flamenco players. I, I, it's not something I sit back at home and watch. Uh, I listen to, but I love to watch flamenco players. I, it's just something I love. And it, when you throw it into a cashmere type song, it's I'm sold. And then it goes into this grand, classical, lush, pimpernel type operatic with the, and you know, that what you call Disney, which again, I love. And I, I do love that part, but Barnes don't get no ideas. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then it goes you back in, it goes back into the flamenco but with an electric guitar that I just love that shit and then it goes right back into the cashmere shit making it an incredible testimony testimony of this amazing band. I think it's an excellent song to the closure of the legacy of Queen. Made in Heaven does not count. It's not a Queen album in my opinion. It's I know a lot of people love that album. I've, I I say innuendo is the way they ended their career, and um, that's what I have to say about it. Uh, that this song, I love it. I lo- I think innuendo is an epic, amazing, and it also, to me, it reminds me a lot of like uh, Brighton Rock and Bohemian Rhapsody and all these songs that took chances and twists and turns and and it just beautifully intertwined yet. You know, it doesn't really match, but it does match. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I th- I just think Innuendo is a fucking badass song. I loves it. Uh, I'll go to the next one. Uh, yeah, fuck you, Ian. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going. No, no, no. Fuck you, Greg. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Oh, my. <laughs> Uh, no, okay. no, no. Actually, oh, yeah. sp- actually, speaking of the next song, I'm going slightly bad. It's more like, oh dear. Uh, <laughs> I love this song. I know it's slightly quirky with lyrics of someone losing their mind and that, oh dear. I think I'm a banana tree. Oh dear. I, it is very. I'm amazed I like this song because it has everything I don't like about songs. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. I, I am, but I guess I am going slightly mad if I like this fucking song. But I actually do. I love this song. I think it's a weird, strange, peculiar tune that I actually dig. I think I'm going slightly mad. It's, again, like I said, it's not a song I would like, but somehow I do like it. And maybe it is because I am going slightly mad. Uh, Ian? Tell us, uh, tell us how you would feel. Uh, well, this is one I will say uh, I initially hated upon repeated listens. I listened to this album uh, two and a half times getting ready for the, the review. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, to me, it's it's like Depeche Mode, Enjoy the Silence meets Judy Garland. Um, but I will say it kind of grummy. I did like the quirky lyrics. I thought that kind of fit it. I did like kind of the or, the eerie synth of it. Uh, but there's still something like, uh, like you could do better. But I, I would say my favorite thing would be, you know, the, the, the lyrics to it, you know, and the, 
talking about the uh, the knitting with one hand, you know, or or one needle or whatever he says. I think it's uh, banana tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not not bad, but still a little uh, still a little too uh, limp for me. But uh, but not not horrible. There's way way worse songs on this, and uh, I I did enjoy the video. I thought the video, uh, even though it was sad to see Freddie Mercury in that state, you know, deteriorating so much, um, I, I did like it because I thought it was very, you know, very um, pomp and, and um, you know, it is what it is. Not the best song, but uh, it kind of grew on me a little bit. What do you think, Greg? Ah, for, for me, uh, surpri- surprisingly, I'm actually more in your camp on this one, uh, Ian. Because when I, when I first heard the song, you know, I, I liked the, you know, the lyrics were, you know, funny. But, you know, musically, it was like I was kind of on the fence. I mean, like, some parts sounded cool, but others were like, I was like, uh. But as time went on, I really grew to appreciate the song. Um, I do like the, the ominous tone, you know, the, the campy one-liners, the campy lyrics, you know, the, the video is, is amusing and, and, you know, sad at the same time, but, you know, Fr- Freddie was very brave. And, uh, this is one of the few songs, you know, for Queen and, uh, you know, Freddie's soul career where it has him singing in his natural baritone. So that was kind of a, you know, kind of a weird thing because I'm used to him singing with, you know, the powerful tenor, but this was this was kind of like a different, you know, step for his vocal. And you know, despite despite the songs on this on this album, I love Freddie's vocal performances on every song because uh, he he took lessons and training from from an opera singer a few years before this. And it really shows, especially on this album. And I, and back to the song, I really love "I'm Going Silent Man." It really grew on me, and it's, and it's in my uh, top three on the album. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Well, why don't you pick the next song, uh, Greg, which is uh, something you should love, "Head Long." <laughs> well, well, you are right, and I love "Head Long," <laughs> and I, I loved it then, and I really love it now. Um, so you, you you developed a taste for this song, you you would say, huh? Uh, absolutely, and it was a wonderful taste, I may add. All all four of my taste buds really loved this. Well, That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm completely aroused, but completely soft at the same time. Sorry, Greg. Keep going. Well, I well I am I, I, I am so, sorry you feel that way, Mr. Wadley, but I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> Hey, I am all for gay marriage. You know why? Because I want gay divorce court. Yeah. Because, because no matter who wins, the poodle loses. You know. Uh, yeah. I always, you know, my 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 stand on gay marriage is why uh, I'm against gay marriage because I care for the gay people. I don't want them to suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg just joined the Dick of the Month Club. You'll be much better off. Oh well, proud of that honor. Thank you. Uh, but for Headlong, I, I I really love the song. This is kind of you know, it's one it's one of the few hard rocking songs on this album. I love the drum beat on it, 
chugga 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 chugga. No, it's just a hard, a hard driving rock song. Chugga chugga, chugga chugga. Yeah, that's right. The, the video's fun to watch too. <laughs> last, it's the last. <laughs> the video's fun to watch too. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, you, it's a great you, hard rock song. When you watch the video, do you chugga chugga? Uh, not recently. I've been trying to cut down on it because I because I had to go to the doctors and told me it was a little unhealthy. Yeah, uh, like they said, uh, oh, look, look, this already happened to Rod Stewart. We don't want it to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's not uh, a, that's not a cold sore. <laughs> I'm healing up very nicely, Ian. Thank you for your well wishes. Chugga chugga. But, yeah, I'm, I love this. I, I love the chugga chugga song. It's uh, it, it's little. It's a good old hard rock song, and you know nothing, nothing too you know ridiculous, but just straightforward. No pun intended. And I just I just love the song. Loved it then. Love it now. How about you, Ralph? Uh, headlong. Great tune. <coughs> it picks up the album. More upbeat rocking song. Uh, I'm. I, I'll be. I'll be honest here. I wish they would have got rid of the ooh diddy diddy ooh diddy do. That's the only part I don't like. <coughs> Excuse me. This is this is what I wish Queen was doing more once they went into that hot space bullshit. Yeah, you had your hammer will fall song here and there, a few, but it was few far in between. This to me is vintage vibe that I love from Classic Queen. Brian May, guitar soul, is always very tasteful. It rocks. Kick-ass, okay, maybe not that badass, but more like a tight squeeze of the ass Mercury style. How's that? How do you like those apples? Ooh, oh, I my. love those apples. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Diddy, diddy, hoop, diddy, do. Well, darling, uh, I think this song, yes, it, it is... It is a Queen rocker, so that is nice. Uh, was originally written for uh, Brian May's solo album uh, that came out like a few years later. Well, um, oh, Inner Light? Yes. I love was this album. I own that album. Yeah, I've, I've never listened to it. I need to check that out. I actually uh, own it. Yeah, I own it. Yeah, it was, it was written for that, uh, but he heard Freddie do a vocal of it, and the rest of the band loved it, so he said, okay, let's make it a Queen song. Uh, I agree with you a thousand percent, Ralph, on the bop diddy diddy uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep that out, uh, and, and it would have been much better. One thing, one of my major complaints about this is uh, the drum sound on this album. I love Roger Taylor, but uh, uh, supposedly, if you look at the liner credits, like only I believe three songs. Are like you know, uh, you know, drum programming. I know, knew it. I, 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 I was gonna say something about that. I was like, right, yeah. Uh, bother me because it sounds like drum machine. Now you confirmed it is. Well, well, it, it is a lot of it is. Well, they, they officially they say like only three songs are like drum machine, but uh, to me the whole album sounds drum machine, and that really takes. Not only uh, you know do the Lee Gertzman keyboards bother me. But, you know, the, the fucking, the drumming on this. I mean, when you have a drummer like Roger Taylor, and I have utmost respect for all the musicians in this band, uh, especially Roger Taylor, to hear shit that sounds like, you know, like a bad Death Leopard uh, B-side being passed off as, you know, your finished take uh, is depressing. But I do like to see uh, 
you know, you know them going in a more hard rock direction. But then we go into the next song, which is uh, uh, Can't Live With You. Uh, I can't live with this fucking song. Jesus Christ. Uh, an- another one that was uh, written for the Brian May solo album. This does have the synth drums, uh, which sucks. To me, it's, it's total filler. And it, it just, it, it's sad to me, because I do agree with you, Ralph. Uh, you know, Maiden Heaven is like fucking Coda. It's an odds and sods. It's not a real album. This is the final Queen album. And for them to go out and, while I'm so critical of Queen, I do have respect, this never should have made the album. This, I mean, this is just, uh, yeah, this, this is subpar total filler uh let's hear you defend this shit greg barnes well uh not a fan actually oh god this is uh this is a weak track and uh there's a 97 version on the queen rocks one that's a little bit harder and but you can't polish a turd um i don't like i don't like the song at all it it's just I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something about it. It, it kind of grates on me. Uh, the only thing I like is when the song ends. Uh, how about you, Ralph? Well, believe it or not, I mean, I don't like this song, but I like it more than both of you. For wow. one, little, one little component, because I really can't stand that. I can't live with you. I can't live with you. I, I can't. I, I, the only thing of this song I like is the verse. I think it's pretty cool where it's like, I'm having a hard time. I'm walking a fine line. That part, I dig it. But the rest just does nothing for me. But compared to some of these other songs coming up, this is like fucking keep yourself alive. <laughs> I'll go into the next one. Uh, so, because now we can go into the ones I hate. <laughs> Don't try so hard. Oh, dear. I love when you do that. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't like this. Now, now his his beautiful voice do, does not save this one at all. Great singing as always, but the whole song just goes nowhere. You know, don't try so hard. I think they should have tried hard. Because this is not my thing. This thing's... Sh- oh, fuck it. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't like this. I actually hate this song. All right, uh, Ian, don't try oh, so God. hard. Yeah, you, yeah, you stole my joke because my notes were should have tried harder. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> this this is bad. This is one. Uh, this is a Freddie song, and uh, man, I, I mean, for a band that's done so many amazing songs, you know, and you know, I rag on them, but I think you know. A song like Spread Your Wings. I can't think of a more beautiful song than Spread Your Wings. I mean, that that is, that is a flawless fucking track. You know? Oh, it, it. Yeah, and it, it's a deep cut. You know, and, you know, Queen fans will appreciate that. Horrible song. Uh, what do you think about it, Greg Barnes? Uh, f- for me, I'm kind of in the middle on this song. Yeah. Um, like... The thing is, I'm not a fan of the music, per se. Like, you know, the, the music, the arrangement. You, ju- you just like I, that it says so hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I also love Freddie's vocal performance on it. The thing, to me, his vocal saves the song from being total failure. I mean, I, I appreciate the effort. Like when I listen to the song, you know, I know they did their best on this album, album because you know Freddie had a limited time left, and they they were doing their best. You know, they they. Tried to, you know, the, no internal fighting. Try to get the drama out of the way. And they wanted to focus on making the best album that they can, you know, with, with Freddie's health. And, and I hear that they they did, you know, I hear the effort, uh, you know, throughout the album, especially on this song. But it's like I listened to it, and I know they they did well in terms of you know structuring it and arranging. But I'm not a fan of say the music, but I love the vocal. It's just you know the vocal is so nice. It's kind of he you know Freddie's going back. You know, Greg, 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 stop for a second. What's <laughs> more important is when you're fucking a guy in the ass, right? And you feel like okay. you feel like you can't come. Do you spit on his back? Uh, uh, I haven't I, done it yet. Right, right, right. Uh, so let's, let's, for, our, for our listeners, Greg, you're a power bottom, right? You're not a top. Uh, I think that'll, that's up to debate for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, well, we all agree you're a power bottom. <laughs> oh, I'm generous. <laughs> um, but, um, but the, but the song, I, I kind of give it like right smack dab in the middle, five out of ten. Not a fan of the music, but I love the vocals. So, you know, I can't say that I hate it. But I don't like it, if that if that makes sense. You know, so... But, and also, on a side note, when you hear the uh, the opening keyboard riff, that's literally the first uh, preset on the uh, on the keyboard used on the album. The, the zero, zero set, Rain. Uh, it, they... Because it's... They use that Korg M1 keyboard. And when you turn on the keyboard, the sound you hear... That opens up the song is the preset, the first one. So, okay. No so you would say this song is like an ATM, you know, an ass to mouth. It starts <laughs> out fun, but then it, you know, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I think I think that's fair enough. I I, I kind of agree with that. All right. Well, Greg, why don't you go to the next song, which is "Ride the Wind," wild wind. I should. Alright, um, this this is a song that when I first heard it, I hated. And I, I couldn't get into it. It, you know, it didn't, you know, I wasn't really digging it. But as time moved on, you know, it, it kind of was a grower on me. I, I still don't love it, but it's it's okay. Um, there's worse material on the album. And, you know, I like the arrangement. I like, you know, the, the intensity about the song. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, I like it a lot better now than I did back then. Um, how about you, Ian? Uh, I, I think it's fucking horrible. Uh, horrible, way too electronic. Um, it is a, a sequel to a far superior song called I'm In Love With My Car. Um uh, and originally the vocals were going to be done by Roger Taylor, but uh, you know they, they did a demo with Freddie and decided, uh, you know, let's keep the Freddie vocal. But it's just there's something so 
electronic and sterile. It has it has no soul. Well, <clears throat> I disagree with you, Ian. I think you were wow. too, I, I think you were too nice. Oh. <laughs> okay. That was too 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 much of a positive fucking review <laughs> for this piece of shit. Ride the wild one. Another clunker that goes nowhere. Sounds processed. I don't like this song at all. Ride the wind blows. Get it? Oh dear. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Sucks. I hate this song. Probably the worst song on it. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Cause there's like there's another one coming up that's fucking uh, no you know what there's actually a song even worse than this piece of shit coming up and, oh, I, that, and that's the next one and i'll take this shit go ahead god's people what the, i'm amazed god only took freddie after they wrote this song this is terrible this is not even music <laughs> this is not gospel either in fact this is more satanic than mayhem <laughs> this is more black metal than black metal you know that Varg from Burzum would listen to this on his Walkman as he burned churches? This song <laughs> is terrible. I hate it. Only Satan loves this shit. What do you think, uh, homo? <laughs> uh, uh, hey, yeah. that was me. But go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. Uh, uh, what a hog. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one of us? You, darling. Go ahead, Greg. Uh, oh, okay. th- uh, oh, dear. Thank you, darling. Um, yeah, to me, this is the second worst song on the whole album. I, <laughs> this is bullshit. I, I, don't, I never liked this song. Never did. And, and I'm sorry. I, and I know when this gets aired and this gets you know shared on my page and, and everything. <laughs> he I thinks we're going to hear this shit. Yeah, well, you, you never know. Um, hey, you you aired the hey you aired the episodes. You kept the episodes with that with the special person early on, but um, but um, for me, I'm probably gonna get a lot of shit from from Queen fans. When, but this, I hate this song. I I don't like it. It goes nowhere. To me, it's an experiment that should have stayed off an album. And off of any of anyone's turntables, anyone's CD players, cassette, you name it, I hate this. It goes nowhere. Oh, it's like, you know, it's like, I can't get into this. And the best part about the song is when it ends. And I, and I, I can't get into this fucking song. I don't like it. I don't like it. Hate it. Fuck the song, Ian. Please, like, take over and explain to the people why this song is not high on your list. So go ahead. Please explain, everybody, why this song is so horrible. Well, I'm going to talk about the positives of this song. And and by positive, I mean HIV positive. Uh, Freddie Mercury did not get AIDS from gay sex. He got AIDS from this song. This was a punishment from God. He wrote this song, and God gave him AIDS for this, not for unprotected gay sex. So people, when you meet that special man, as long as he hates this song, let him raw dog you. Let him bear back the shit out of that fucking dirt cutter. 
You'll be okay. Just don't listen to this song. This is fucking horrible. Oh my god. This is oh my god. Uh, you know, this was like his kind of we are the world thing. And uh oh my god. Uh you know, if he gave this sandwich to kids in Ethiopia, they'd give it back. Like, here, you want something? I'm full. This is terrible. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Oh, my God. Um, still don't know if it's the worst song on the album. But uh, it's... I think it, it is. Oh, I, oh, oh there's, there's one. Well, uh, <laughs> there, there's one other that I, I, I think is contention for worst song on this fucking album. Oh, I think there's a worse one. But but this is oh God, is this terrible? Yeah, yeah. All God's people. That, that, that's proof that God hates us all. Slayer had it right. All right, I'll go in the next song, which is uh, "These Are the Days of Our Lives." Uh, I love the sentiment of this song. You know, especially you know you know now you know Freddie was dying and everything and. Uh, and uh, it, it, it does make the song poignant. Uh, I was surprised to find out that, that Taylor wrote the lyrics to this. I figured it was, you know, it was Freddie reflecting back. But it was actually uh, uh, Roger Taylor that wrote the song. Um, like I said, I love the sentiment. But when I hear this song, you know what I hear? Is Don't Cry Out Loud by Melissa Manchester. I mean, it almost has the same structure and the same fucking oh god and you know anybody who dares you know you know after this episode go on YouTube and, and type in "Don't Cry Out Loud" by Melissa Manchester. It's about the same fucking song. Uh, I, I I get the spirit of it, but oh god, I never want to hear it again. What do you think of this fucking uh, sad sack, Greg Barnes? Well, I I I personally love it. Oh, I know and... you, darling. No, I, I think it's structured really well. I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful song, and you know, it's, it's one of the stronger songs, um, off of you know the second half of the album. I, I think it's very well structured. I like the arrangement. If there's one thing I'm not too big of a fan of, it's like the, the synthetic percussion. I thought I think it would sound better with actual drums. drums percussion. Yeah, you're right about that. But. But, every but I like everything else, and you know the the you know the vocal is very emotional, and the, you know the the video is very powerful, emotional, and sad. I mean, you, you see, you know, Freddie, you know, he was once this you know powerful front man, you know, reduced to a shadow of his former self, and you know, on one hand, it's you know it's sad. But on the other hand, I find the video to be very inspiring and brave that, you know, a man in that condition can go on camera and, you know, look into the camera and perform. And it's, you know, it's a powerful song for me. And it's, you know, it's very important to me personally. And I, I think it's I think it's a great song overall. And you know, I, I enjoy it. I don't get tired of it. Uh, how about you, Ralph? I love this song. Again, I agree that percussion thing is kind of weak. <clears throat> but other than that, I think it's there's beautiful lyrics and melody and sentiment to this song. Yeah, I'm, I, I wasn't aware that Roger Taylor wrote these lyrics. I thought it was Freddie. 
the song is awesome. The video, eh. You know, it is a great mellow song. Cool solo by Brian as well. But the video is just sad. You know, as we know now, he was withering away, and you can see it in this video with so much makeup uh, to cover all, like, the sores on his face. and uh, But you couldn't cover that, that face. that It was like a sunken face, you know? Again, you know, a beautiful, happy, happy ballad, but the video to me was depressing. I prefer to just listen to the song and not watch the video. For some reason, the video really, really depresses me. But the but the song itself is very, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a celebration of life, you know, where the video is more like, you know, a looking at looking at somebody that's at death's door. You know, it's a contrast that I just I just don't dig, man. So um I'll take the next one, which I'm sure you all think is the worst song on the album. And yeah, I would say so too, but no, I, I'd still give the edge to all God's people, but Delilah sucks. It's terrible. It's just dreadful. Oh dear. <laughs> Is that all you got for that? <laughs> Man, I don't I don't wanna waste no more like he's holding back. I don't wanna waste no more words on that shit. Alright, well well I'll take it from here. Uh yeah, this is horrible cat rock. And uh he wrote this for his cat Delilah. Oh and, really? You know, That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so uh-huh. That was that you know, was cats. Yes, his favorite cat was Delilah and you know Brought him much joy as he was dying. And, and as a cat lover, and, and Greg Barnes is way more a cat lover than I could ever be. Um, yeah, I, I get that. But this is a horrible, horrible song. Roger Taylor was very vocal about how much he hated this song and didn't want it on the album. But uh, he, he gave in because, like, well, you know what? Hey, Freddie's dying. Uh, he wants it on the album, and you know, out of respect, he, he said okay. And, and I like, I like that. I, I mean, you know, your your friend's dying of this horrible disease, uh, you know, that that was brought on by this song. Uh, you know, you know, give him a pass. Uh, but it, yeah, it's fucking absolutely horrible. This song did go to number one in Thailand. What? Yes, it was only it was it was only released as a single in Thailand, and it went to number one. This is a top five worst Queen song. I can't get into this shit. Uh, musically, it's just so sugary and oh god, it hurts the list. So I I do laugh because there's like a couple lines where he's talking about the cat pissing on something, and I, I found that funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, the little good parts don't don't overshadow how shit of a city song hey, is. I mean, okay. Hey, hey relax. <laughs> it's the shortest song on the album. Thank God. That's like probably the most positive thing I can think about this, but it's horrible. All right, Greg. Well, why don't you take the next song, The Hitman? The Hitman. Burp. That, that's, that's a pretty cool burp. Nice one there. Thank you. Um... This one to me. Hey, wait, this wait, one, Greg, 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 judge this part. Ooh, that sounds tight, oh. doesn't it? Doesn't oh, it? That was a that little. That sounds tight. 
That was a little. Yeah, and I know. Yeah, I'm sure you like that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was a. It was, yeah, the note was an F and a C at the same time on the keyboard. <laughs> but um. Yeah. But so, but, so he could see himself F and you. <laughs> well, it'd be honored to be fucked by the doc. Um, oh. But oh. Uh, oh. Oh yeah. 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 Maybe maybe, a, maybe the doctor can perform the surgery on you. It's called an addictomy. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. Hitman was a grower song for me. I initially like it, but now I I think it's I think it's pretty cool. You know, I like I like the arrangement on it. Vocals are awesome, and it's you know I just I you know I like it in general. It's not one of my favorites, but <laughs> compared to some of the other stuff on here, I gladly take this. You know, this one this one's pretty good for me. Uh, how about you, Ralph? Uh, out of nowhere, a balls-out heavy metal song. It's like, wow, where'd this come from? Uh, I think it kicks ass. I love this song. You know that, that line, gun in my pocket? Now, is he talking about an actual gun or his penis? Because either one would kill somebody back then. You know, you know what I... Oh, <laughs> oh now that's a good one. Oh, that's a zinger. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. You know what I mean. Oh, dear. (laughs) I went to hit man school. You know what that means, right? He hit men. So, yeah. That's what I think of that. All right. Um, To me, best song on the album. I fucking love it. I I love it. but I could do without the keyboards. To me, the keyboards kind of kill it a little bit. But uh, on this turd of a fucking album, th- this is the best fucking song. I love the hit, man. <laughs> oh, God, who's that? Hey, man, I, you know I don't burp during the show, bro. I know. Holy shit. No, no. It's like Greg's getting a little manly on this shit. Yeah. Because, I, because someone mentioned heavy metal and hard. I know, but I had no idea Cosmopolitan could make you burp. God damn. <laughs> and I'll take the next song, which uh, I'm going to say it right now. I think this is the worst song on the fucking album. Oh, wow. Worse, worse than fucking uh, all. What? Yes, worse than all God's people. Oh, well, first of all, fuck you. And, se- and second of all, uh, th- this song I do like. Uh, and I like the guitar work on it. And it's it's like, it's like you're telling me that you hate this song more than Delilah and All God's People and Ride the Wild Wind. It's like, are you kidding me? No, no. You are fucking nuts. Go drink some more Rolling Cock and enjoy the song. Oh, my. Come on. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, darling. Fuck you. God Fucking damn. Hey, I hey, love hey, hey, there will be no straight bashing on this episode. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm just the way, I'm just the way God made me, thank you. Fucking yeah, well, uh, okay, I can't change I'm, I'm here, I'm straight, get used to it. Greg is such a yeah, head well, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, oh, Ralph. Yeah, why don't you just call me a breeder, you motherfucker? Uh, look, don't get the wrong impression, uh, Greg, but I agree with you on this song, but but I still like Ian more than you. 
I take no offense. All right, so um, I'll take the last one, which is my favorite song. These lyrics are like one's life flashing before one's eyes. I mean, so appropriate. Freddie sings his ass off on this song. The show must go on. This song to me is a fucking home run with all bases loaded. I face it with a grin. I'm never giving in on with the show. Damn, it's so fucking epic. It's the perfect goodbye from the most flamboyant frontman in rock. Best song on the album easily in my top five favorite Queen songs. Well, again, this is kind of like, uh, you know, those are the days. I appreciate the sentiment of the song. Um, I, I do, and I, I, I what, what a perfect closer, I mean, lyrically, but uh, song-wise, it, it's a song where the lyrics uh, overpower the actual song. I think the lyrics are much stronger than, than the music that backs it. Uh, but I mean, it is, you know, a, a powerful version of the song uh, was at, at the the concert for life, the Freddie concert. Uh, Elton John sang this, and, and Tony Iommi played rhythm guitar. Um, not bad, but still, it's like I don't know. Uh, really, Ian? I mean, I mean, I understand, you, and of course, you know, you know, I I always understand you when you don't like songs I like. I'm not like, you know, Greg Barnes here. But um, I am I am a little like, wow, really? You don't really um, uh, like notice how amazingly emotional and powerful Freddie's voice is on this song? Uh, yeah, but I mean, there, I, I get that. And, and it's one of those things I appreciate the sentiment. Of this. I, I, I love what it's saying. But I just, there's but something. You know, but the delivery does nothing for you. I shouldn't say the delivery because Freddie's vocals are good, but there's still something. It just uh, doesn't hit you like it hits me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna say it's a terrible song. It just, I, I, I don't get the same like, yeah, that right. you. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm like, yeah, like Rocky running up the steps. Yeah, you know, that's how I get with this. Song. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't get that. I, I, I do not hate this song, but, right. uh, but, but I, I just don't love it as much as you do. Right. Uh, uh, hey, uh. Tiptoe through the tulips. What do you think of this fucking song? A tiny thing. What's up, Caitlin? <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, for for me, uh, this is my favorite track oh, off God. the album. Go get ideas. <laughs> but and uh, and I and I will go so far as saying it is the best Queen's the best Queen song released after the seventh. So, because everything about it is perfect, the arrangement, everything, it fits just right. I, I love everything about it. The lyrics are great. It's just, it has such an ominous feeling to it. It's powerful. It's inspirational. It's emotional. I, I love the song. And to me, it is probably Freddie Mercury's greatest vocal caught in the studio because of how... You know, powerful he sounds, and how great he sounds, and how he just delivers the lines, and and and, and about the song, um, Freddie actually drank vodka before doing, you know, before recording his vocals, 
Uh, I wouldn't change anything about it. It's, it's it, To me, it's a perfect Queen song, and that's all I will say. Well, there you go. Well, um, as I'm sure you have, uh, Greg, I'm sure you have the remastered version with the bonus tracks. Am I correct? You are correct. Okay, well, well Ralph doesn't, so, you know... Uh, you know, Ralph just has the original tracks. Uh, a, a lot of the other bonus tracks were alternative takes, you know, of songs that were on the album. But there was a B-side on this uh, that that uh, I would like to talk about, if, if you're familiar with it, called Lost Opportunity. It was a B-side to I'm Going Slightly Mad. Are you familiar with this track, Greg? Yes, sir. Okay, what do you think of Lost Opportunity? Um... I think it's okay, but it didn't belong on the main album. It it sounds too upbeat and positive, really. It sounds too happy. Really? If that okay. makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's bad, but to me it wouldn't have fit on innuendo. That it, you know, it could have been saved for something else or maybe a Brian May solo album, but it, uh, I don't know. What, when I was listening to it, I'm like, okay, I don't hate it, and I and it's it's okay, but I didn't think it would fit okay. on the album, if that well, makes sense. Well, well, well let, let me ask you this, because you are the, the Super Queen fan. Who is singing the lead vocal on that? Is that is that Brian? Brian, okay. okay. Brian is doing it. Because I was wondering, because I didn't think it, it was Freddie. And one thing, no. I, one thing I will agree with you on is, uh, yeah, I don't think it would have fit on the album because it's a good fucking song. Uh, but I don't think it's up-tempo. I mean, to me, it's a bluesy number. And, uh, and, and that's what I love about it. And I think uh, it would have really benefited to be on the album because I think it's so different from the other shit. It would have gave the album a little bit of uh, light and shade. And, you know, one review, like, normally, I hate... I hate what Rolling Stone has to say about so many albums that are important to me, that are influential to me. But this, this is what Rolling Stone said about this album, and I couldn't agree more. It says, Innuendo is so lightweight, you will forget it soon after it's over. And I agree with that a thousand percent. I, I, I think this is a very limp way for... Uh, them to end their career but i mean i mean given the circumstances you know i i i think it's horrible that that, that freddie passed away from this terrible disease i wish there was a cure for uh, you know he's recording this under the worst of circumstances i mean freddie was diagnosed with aids in 1987 you know and this this was recorded well recorded 90 released in 91 um uh, you know and I, I, I kind of get it. It's not great conditions to make your best album. But to me, when, when I think of the best of Queen, you know, and what I love of, what I do love about Queen, when I hear this album, I hear almost none of that. None of it. And I don't know if it's just like the well ran dry or it's all about, you know, the disease that, that Freddie was suffering from. But I, I think it started much earlier because really... I stopped caring about Queen. I mean, when I when I discovered Queen and went back after the game, it's like hot space. Bleh. You know, the works 
couple good songs. You, you know, I, I liked one vision of kind of magic. I liked, uh, you know, uh, I want it all off the miracle. You know, but they stopped putting out killer albums and they just put out a lot of fluff. And to me, this is a real, no pun intended, limp-wristed way for Queen to end their career. But I do understand the circumstances. Um, yeah, in, in retrospect, Innuendo was... Man, it would have made a hell of an EP. That's the best way I can put it, because, you know, shit like, you know, Ride the Wild Wind, All God's People, Delilah. It's just so bad. Don't try so hard. It's just... Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, Greg, uh, why don't you sum up what you think of Innuendo? I think Innuendo is the best thing they released since the game. Let, let, me, ask, really. let, let me ask you this, Greg, uh, real quick. What's your least favorite Queen album? Um, It's actually a kind of magic. R- Ralph, but... R- I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm not sorry. Ralph, what would you say is your least favorite Queen album? And to be honest with you, um... I'm not going to judge Queen by, because I'm going to shock you with what I feel is their worst album, but I'm leaving out Hot Space and The Works and Kind of Magic, because those albums I'm no, not too familiar with. So I can't really judge. And you know what? I would technically say, if I'm going to judge by the albums I know, I would say maybe um, uh, The Miracle. But... I'll, st- I'll tell you, there's one almost as bad as The Miracle in the 70s. There is an album in the 70s I hate from Queen. I mean, I hate Ooh. only two songs I like on it. Only two songs. And that's White Man and Tie Your Mother Down. I can't get into Day of the Race. you got to be kidding me. I don't, like the, I don't like that album, man. For some reason, that album I just can't connect with. And I always thought there was something wrong with me because it is considered a classic. I hate someone to love. I can't stand that fucking song. Fuck. See, to me, I, to me, I think Day at the Races is given a pass because it followed a Night at the Opera. Night at the Opera, I loved. You know, Night right, Opera right. Uh, has my favorite right. Queen song, Death on Two right, Legs. Right. And even Tie Your Mother Down. You know what? I, I like what Hollywood Records did to it. The remix. I don't know if you heard that. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I heard. Where, it. You know, the verse has only drums and Freddie's vocals. I like that more than the original version. I thought that remix, 91 remix, was way better. And, then, you know, then it has the bass. You know, not too much guitar during the vocals, and I and I dug that. But as a whole, uh, Day of the Races is like my least favorite Queen album. But, you know, here's the thing. When I think of Queen, I think of 70s. I Even Innuendo and these songs I love, with the exception of Show Must Go On and the song Innuendo, um... You know, and then you have uh, I Want It All. And that's it. Those three songs, I would say, out of the whole discography of Queen through uh, from after um, uh, the game, those are the only three songs worthwhile to me. I mean, I love Was It All Worth It and uh, um, Who Wants to Live Forever. Yeah, I like those songs, but does it measure up to the great Queen songs that I love, like Flick of the Wrist and... Uh, you know, there's so many fucking great songs that they had in the 70s, like um, March of the Black Queen. Uh, I love Queen 2, Orge ba- uh, Battle, and um, oh, I could go on and on, you know, Great Kid Rat. And uh, right. comparing that to the later stuff, uh, it was very piss poor. After the game, even the game, like we reviewed the game, 
Go back right. and listen to that one. It had its moments, but it was really starting to go downhill fast. And I remember hearing Hot Space back then, and boy, that was... I, I'll be honest with you, I only <laughs> heard right. it once, and it was fucking terrible. Well, the, and, and then for, you know, for Queen of the States, you know, uh, Queen threw a big, uh, you know, not to be a joke, but bitch fit, um, when, when MTV banned I Want to Break Free, uh, they decided not to tour the U.S. They hate and, it, and, uh, and, and it really did hurt them, too, because... Oh, yes, you yes. Know, it, America's very homophobic, let's face it. Well, I mean, especially it, back then, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm skeptical on even airing this episode, because Greg Barnes is on yeah. it. Yeah. But, uh... Well, that's <laughs> only because he's heterophobic. Yeah, you know, but, but fuck it, I mean... No matter where Greg Barnes goes to the shop, he's forced to shit outside. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm not used to it. It doesn't bother me anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's it the hurt. Funniest, that's the funniest thing Greg said all episode. I like that one, Greg. That was a good one. You're getting you're uh, starting to warm up. Maybe I will let you get me ahead. <laughs> yeah, no teeth. Um, I heard guys can make you come to a blowjob. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, 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 Queen definitely suffered in the states, and uh, it's unfortunate. But you know, let's wrap this shit up. This album was released February fourth, nineteen ninety one, produced by Queen and Dave Richards. It did go gold in the U.S., and it was the first album by Queen to go gold since the works. Uh, the other Fred albums... Ha- lived, if Freddie would have lived, it would have never went gold. Yeah, well, yeah, you got a point. Uh, all the other the, the albums that were released in between went gold after Freddie's death. Um, you know, and... Uh, hey, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Queen fan, but I do respect them. Uh, just not a fan of this album. And... Fuck it, enough about this horrible shit. Let's go into Pick of the Week. And uh, Greg Barnes, I'm sure you have a fruity pick for us, so why don't you go into it? Well, uh, thank you, Ms. Wadley, for allowing me to be the first. Uh, my my Pick of the Week is a Paul McCartney album called Tug of War. I love that album. And is that the one with Take Me that, Away? Yes, it is. Take I, It Away. I love that song. Cool. Great songs like the title track, Take It Away. This is the one with Ebony, Ebony and Ivory on it. Here again. Has the, here again's on there? Uh, yes. Here, uh, here Today. Here Today, that was it. Um, yeah, has that, has ballroom dancing, uh, Pound is Sinking. Basically, it's a very consistent and it's a great album. But yeah, that's my pick of the week, Tug of War. How about you, Ralph? Oh, uh, I, I want to keep with the with the theme of the show, and it brought it up earlier. And it's an album I haven't heard in a long, long time, so I will listen to it again. We get reacquainted. Was Inner Life from Brian May. Uh, I think it's a good rocking album. And uh, if memory serves me correct, I think Cozy Powell played on that album. I believe. Yes, so. yes, so. yes. You are correct. It, and it's a good album. It's really good. And I have not only do I have the CD, but they also released a. A single that brought a single CD that brought the whole Starfleet album, but you had to buy them in two parts. And if you guys are not aware of Starfleet, 
It's and I have it on vinyls. Starfleet is an album he released in '82, I believe, which was '83. '83 with Eddie Van Halen on guitar with Brian May and Alan Graxer of Ario Speedwagon on drums and who the fuck knows on bass. That's my pick of the week. Inner Light, Brian May. My pick of the week is something. Uh, as of now, it's up for my album of the year. And uh, so far, the ones I'm really uh, pulling for is the new Megadeth, uh, the new Iggy Pop, and uh, and this one that is uh, Les Claypool and Sean Lennon uh, put out an album called the the Lennon or the Claypool Lennon Delirium. They put out an album called Monolith of Phobias, and uh, man, I am really digging this. Uh, you know, it's easy to hate Sean Lennon because his mom is Yoko Ono, but uh, I think it's a good mix on this album. I mean, definitely, you know, it'll help if you like Les Claypool and you like, you know, that Primus kind of stuff, but it, it, it's not a Primus album. It's more Claypool eccentric, but uh, I think Lennon adds a lot to this, and uh, man, it's just a very solid a very trippy album, definitely something where you put on the headphones and you take whatever, you know, pills or elixirs that you love and, uh, you know, just chill out on it. I absolutely love it. So the, the Claypool Linen Delirium Monolithophobias, that is my pick of the week. Well, I got to tell you, you know, I, like the rest of the planet, could not stand Sean Lennon. Uh, not mainly because of... Uh... Yoko Ono's, because everything I heard him do was just god-awful. But in the last couple years, I've seen some clips of him on YouTube where, one, it's exceptional how he, do he does a version of This Boy, the Beatles song. I don't know if you saw right. it. It's so good. And uh, now we got to go into Fan of the Week. And this is a first. This is a first for a podcast that's going on two years old. Um... That our fan of the week is the same as our guest. Uh, oh, come on. I am, I, I am giving fan of the week to Greg Barnes. Um, Greg has been a fan of the show for a long time, and I don't think we've ever had a guest that was this excited to be on the show. And by that, I mean he sent me a picture of his dick. <laughs> and how hard it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, Greg, Greg was was very excited, and this meant a lot to him. And uh, and, and Greg, we're happy to have you on here. And and I hope you had fun. Uh, I hope it was we. A... Why do you have? Why do you have to say we? Okay. Oh okay. come on, Ralph. Okay. I hope I I hope Ralph was excited because I was I was very. Uh, let down by your appearance. Well, I gotta say, man, I have been sleep deprived for a while, so I want to thank Greg for helping me. You know, uh, no problem. I'm just trying to help out someone. You know, I'm, I'm trying. Just my kidding, Greg. I think you're great. You were great on the show. You're a good sport. You're a good homo. I'll take you up on a blowjob. Whatever. <laughs> hey, no problem. No problem. And also, I'm no about, problem. about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you mean, no problem? You trying to say my co-host has a little dick? God damn. Absolutely not. I just, you know, I'm, I'm dying to do this. 
I'm gonna do experiment here. All right. Well, uh, well, well, Greg. Before we get into the plugs, uh, which we do have one for your show, just let all our listeners know about your show and how they can hear you. Well, um, I, I got. Uh, hey, 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 make it quick. Okay. I, I promise it'll be quick. About <laughs> a podcast called Iron Cast. I'm known as the Whipping Boy over there. But you know, but you know, I have two co-hosts. They're fantastic, Luke Ennis and Mr. T. Uh, you can check us out on our on our Facebook page, on our iTunes, Podbean. We're trying to do some YouTube stuff. But, but check check us out. We we review all sorts of albums. We got a whole bunch lined up. And you know it. You know I have a lot of fun on that show. It's great, and I want to thank you guys for having such an awesome podcast and inspiring us to do our own podcast. Hey, hey don't blame us for your show. That, that's not fair. I just want to give credit where credit's due, you know? That, that's still a backhanded compliment. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I, look, 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 to make you happy, how about if I just fly or drive right down to New Orleans, have a couple cold rolling rocks with you, and... You know, talk about music, life, massage your back. I don't care. Make you feel good, all right? Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, see, I have a good idea now. Oh, uh, well, we thank you, Greg. And, 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 and I love Ironcast. I, I really do. I listen to you guys all the time. And I encourage all our listeners to. But uh, let's get into some podcasts that people actually listen to. Here we go. Here's the plugs. <laughs> Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it, don't be a cunt. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. 
There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. All right, Piss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. All right. Well, if you enjoyed that episode, and you probably didn't as much as Greg Barnes did, but (laughs) come back next week when, unfortunately, because we ran out of guests, Greg Barnes will be back once again. Oh, come on. Yeah, to talk about Man of Wars fighting the world. (laughs) And he's never heard the album, but he loves the cover. (laughs) That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Ooga!